This podcast is sponsored by CDO Group, the industry leader providing a full range of construction and project management services. CDO Group has managed thousands of projects in all 50 states. Their group of experts provide systems, processes, and procedures to make sure that your projects turn over on time and on budget every single time. With over 24 years of experience, CDO Group is the industry's leader in construction management and general contracting services. To find them, go to cdogroup.com. Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. If you like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Hey everybody, welcome to the Future Development Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montategi, and today I've got an interesting nuclear power plant designer turned into a software developer, Maxim Markovich. His conversation is interesting. We're going to question if architects are going to be around in the future and AI. It's a great conversation. Welcome, uh, Maxim, to the show. Welcome to the show, Maggie. I'm really excited to have you today. You know, when we were doing the pre-show, I, I, you know, your product is something that uh, is is really revolutionizing where construction is going. The technology and the future of the business is is really fun to see. But before I get into all the software stuff, I want to get to know you. You know, you, you take your time. I, I know it's about noon in London, in the middle of your day. So uh, let's take a second and uh, let's let me just. Uh, Welcome you to the show. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Anthony. Nice to nice. Thanks for having me here. So I'm really enjoying to talking to you. Yeah, Maxim, let's go right into uh, your background. What got you into the software? Uh, how how did you come up with this idea? So with I actually I'll start from my education a little bit. So with ME graduated from the university with ME in nuclear nuclear power plants construction. I was actually working in the past as a structural engineer. So I actually came from industry and at some point I just started to automate my daily job routine and which carried, you know, me away a lot. And it has been a cool journey from a structural engineer to CAD manager, BIM manager, kind of a BIM consultant, and then product manager and finally co-founder and CTO at Creo Software Limited. I really adore building design automation related riddles, you know? So it's like when you have a lot of, like pieces of different building parts and you just need to figure out what rules you have and how these kind of parts can can be assembled in the kind of a building and so i always did such kind of automation and right now is like obviously i'm fully focused on providing the best software products for the iac industry so we we, we have a bunch of different products in creo software but uh, you know we, with all of them we want to make the difference in industry we want to make it more efficient and you know i'm i'm really excited about this uh industry about construction about ac simply because you know it's just like it serves the very important human needs the product of this industry is building and this is why i'm i'm super excited to make it more efficient and uh, let's say more automated and more beneficial for people so yeah that's that's Brief from my side. Yeah. You know, you know, it's it's kind of funny when you uh, uh, when you talk about you know 
always wanted to be part of the industry. I, uh, you know, I knew I wanted to be in construction from when I was a kid, right? You know, I had, uh, here we have these, uh, this game, it's called Lincoln Logs, right? It's a little, little, uh, little logs and you build cabins with them and, you know, between them and, and then uh, when I was a kid, I, I loved taking things apart, right? I could, I could see how they worked. And uh, once I get the inner workings of something, you know, and until my mom realized I took apart the refrigerator one day and uh, she comes in and she looks at me, she's like, did you really just take apart? But I made a fan for my bedroom, right? I took the, I took the fan out of the back of the air yeah. At the back of it, and I had it in my room, and I was cooling my room, and and she looked at me like, "Really, you just took apart my refrigerator?" I'm like, "Yeah." So I so I knew at that time I wanted to. I loved playing and building things and making things. So uh, there was there was a, a sign of that, you know. As as you look back on your on your, uh, uh, you know, as, as a child, you look back on yourself. Where did you know that you wanted to do this? Where did you know that there was that spark? Hmm, that's a very good question. It's actually. It's quite hard to actually to 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 realize the, the the concrete moment, right? But from the childhood, I I always really involved and I really enjoyed different puzzles and riddles, you know, and uh, especially puzzles connected when you need to assemble something or disassemble something. I I was visiting visiting like a, a radio technics, which is like which is like a place where I and a few other people. We just kind of assemble. We, we were assembling different parts of the stuff, so we built like our own uh, small transformers and stuff like that. And actually, it was like uh, 12 years old, and uh, at that time, I already understood that I love this. But then it's just like you know, you you finish a school. I'm I'm from Belarus, so actually, and we have a, a quite uh, interesting educational system. So when when you finish a school, you just go to university. And when I finished the school, I had a pretty nice opportunity to go anywhere I wanted. And actually, I was choosing in between different, um, you know, different kind of uh, construction-related topics. It's about civil, civil stuff. It's about um, um, atomic stations. It's about other uh, automobile industry a little bit. So. And I just simply, yeah, I think it was a, it was happened accidentally. And I just say, okay. I'm gonna go for the atomic power stations construction because I always was impressed with like uh, this very unique and bizarre bizarre projects. You know, like if it, it, I, I I always I'm not sure you, you know and you remember, but there is a lot of uh, media about uh, like uh, which is called mega structures, for example. It's like a it's like a movie yeah. where people yeah. explain how who a dump is built or yeah. how the atomic power station is working or how the solar panels are working, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And this is something I could watch like the whole day. Yeah. Like and I was really, you know, excited about that. Yeah. And this is why I, I for sure I for sure that issues. for sure that's one of my favorite. That Bob Vila, uh, this old house when they would when they would fix something or they would do something or yeah, or yeah, me yeah, mega yeah. mega structures. I loved it. You, when you watch mega structures, you're like, wow. You know, the way they, they move water or, or a dam make a dam or a, these superstructures. You know, the scale by which yeah. they do these things, I love the huge vehicles. I loved all that, uh, yeah. that uh, kind of uh, man's ability to manipulate the planet uh, in big ways, right? You know, just really- Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember, you know, I was watching this movie about how Burj Khalifa was built. is uh, the most tallest building in the world in Emirates, right? And uh, actually I was studying reinforced concrete structures and then it was, it was all explained around the core configuration and how it's stable. And that, you know, that the top part of this building can go like right and left, like for 
40, 30 meters without any problems. And actually, I always like thought about, okay, how would you feel there? And actually, and actually, when I was a little bit uh, older, I visited Dubai, and the first thing I did, I actually was visiting this kind of uh, Burj Khalifa building, and it's it's really cool. It's like. It's amazing. It's like what people can build, right? So no, no, yes. it's great. You know, here before that, before that building was built, we had the tallest building, right? And and uh, and it, yeah. Yeah, we we have the uh, Sears Tower, which is now called the Willis Tower. I was amazed by which. Uh, you know, when you watch those guys, and, and they have videos of the, of the guys walking the steel, and 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 when you go up there, there's a there's a place up there where you can you can watch and you can feel the building move. Yeah. You know, on a, on a good windy day, you're above the clouds. I mean, you're, you're looking down at the top of the clouds, and mm. uh, you know, I thought you know, just being up there, the size of that, and just you know, uh, uh, they've now got these windows. They they've now upgraded it where the windows pop out, and you're standing on glass. Right, so I'm I have I'm yes. deathly afraid of I'm deathly afraid of heights. Right, I mean, like when I get up there, I'm like, wah! But I've got a daughter who literally jumped on the glass. I'm I'm, I'm sitting there like my son and I are both afraid. We're we're looking at we're looking down over the glass. We're like on there like on our hands and knees, and my daughter jumps on the glass. I'm like, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. Uh, but they've got this thing where the the whole thing tilts now, and you can really get a you know the sense of of what it's like to be yeah. on the edge of a building. So, uh, superstructures are for sure. You know, big big ideas, and uh, um, uh, you know, and, and that was what sparked on. And I think that's one of the magical parts about being a human is that you know when we are in that space of creativity and seeing what's possible yeah. and really big ideas. And I think that that's where the entrepreneur, you know, guys like you, where you take an idea and you see a problem and you really take, apply uh, your dynamic to yes. it, right? You know, as, as you take a look at uh, uh, the products you're creating, you're certainly looking at construction from a whole nother way, right? Being able to take that that uh, that that process that you took all day long when you were, you know, uh, you know that day-to-day task stuff that was arduous and repetitive and boring and now you find a way to automate yeah. that. Uh, you know, how did how did that start to break through? Where where did uh, what was your first? Uh, how did you start that first software? How did you get that started? Uh, yeah, I think the first software was uh, was built by me when I was working as a structural engineer. So I learned a little bit how to how to do a coding, right? And I just created a couple of simple plugins for AutoCAD, for Autodesk Revit, right? So and these plugins they were used on a on a local level inside the company right and uh, even there there were quite a, a lot of different problems because people who started to use my plugins they sent me feedback and i needed to improve them and i wasn't agree with everybody but still you know if you want something to be uh, to be sold in a certain market you see a company is a very slow market it's just like a 20 30 different people who might use it and uh, that actually was the first, I would say, like a, like a minimum version of a product for a very small market. And then actually I, I met uh, our investor and our CEO in Creo, Magamet, and actually he said, okay, man, let's do it. Let's do, let's do it for bigger scale. And I just like, oh, what does bigger scale mean? <laughs> and it's just like, we started to build something and we started to build something from a technology standpoint of view. And uh, right now I understand that wasn't the right way to be honest with you. And we did quite a few mistakes along this way, right? And because uh, uh, it's not all about technology and this is the point I want uh, to make during our interview. Uh, because like, you know, we have a lot of amazing technologies. For example, in our 2D takeoff product, we use computer vision right we use uh, we use different convolutional neural networks we use different transformers 
we try to do that. But when you have a perfect technology and you just like, you just basically give this technology to the people from the industry, it's a big challenge to use it. So you, you basically, you need to be very aware of the process and of the problems these people have, right? So you cannot, you cannot simply give them something without knowing anything about them. And uh, you cannot assume that they will use it. And so when I, when I, when we jump on a bigger market, it was much, much more complicated than, than what, what I did in a small company when, when you, you, you know, when I was improving the process kind of inside this small group. So it's kind of, yeah, but it started all with, let's say my own manual solutions. This is, uh, how I would describe it. I, I think you bring up a lot of great points. As, as you invent a product and, you know, mm-hmm. we certainly have watched products come and go because it can't get into market integration, right? I mean, it gets to the public. It's a great idea. And when it's at your desk and with your level of experience, no problem. But you get it to the marketplace and the, their ability to adapt to it or to, you know, to really uh, comprehend it. You know, I, I think one of the, you know, when we look back at uh, uh, the difference between Windows and Apple, right? Uh, you know, before I had mm-hmm. a, before I had an Apple phone, I had a phone that I could change everything. I mean, the font size and things size, and then, you know, I had all these problems. And, you know, there was a uh, same thing with, with Windows. You know, I, I had all of this ability to do so many things. And then Apple came by and yeah. said, hey, wait, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. We're, we're not gonna do all those things. But here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you these 10 things, but we're gonna na- we're gonna knock it out of the park on these 10 things. And we're gonna make it easy for you. And then I started realizing, like I didn't need to have a, a, a you know, I, I could I could do backspace instead of uh, yeah. do, doing uh, a forward and backward. I, I could do a couple things. I could change some of my behaviors because they made it, they made it so much easier for me to use. And as you're, as you're developing a software and going through that development, how do you really account for that? How are you, uh, making that adaption. How are you going through that and looking at the at the yeah. user? Yeah, it's a very very good question. It's, it's like you know, um, I would say that there are two completely different opposite um, strategy. And obviously, as usual, the truth and the, the right solution is in between, right? So the first, I would say, left side of the strategy is just simply to deliver your vision, right? So. You just basically, you have some stuff in mind and you deliver your vision. You don't care about market. You don't care about users. You keep this phrase in mind that if you would ask people about what would they want, they will ask like a faster horses, right? So you, you keep this in mind and you build your stuff, but you should be ready in this case that you need so that you will need to overcome a lot of problems. You will need to convince people. You will, hit, you will need to have a lot of money to push your solution, your vision into the real life, right? Another opposite side is like when you blindly listen to people and you just, okay, I'm customers driven, driven, right? So whatever you want, I'll deliver for you. And you, you even don't care about what problems they solve. They, they say, I need this feature. I need this feature to be done. And you just, okay, fine, I'm going to do that. It's also not the right way. And actually, we started with the left side and we started with a situation where we wanted to deliver our vision and we wanted to kind of to build the best technology for the AC industry. And we, we were like, okay, we don't care about what people think. We just will we'll come, we'll change their processes, etc. But I realized it's not how it works, actually. <laughs> Sometimes you need to talk to people to understand their problems and not like to understand what they need right now because they will ask you faster Revit or, you know, 
faster Revit or smarter uh, um, uh, Google Google Gmail, right, or something like that. The problem is that you always need to understand why. Why do you need that? What's the problem? When when that happened last time? Why? 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 So you basically need to understand the root of the problem, right? And then you need to analyze kind of current solutions which is exist in the market, and then you need to come with your which is much better and it's not necessarily should be done in the way in which currently market working right but it should address the problem this is the main point and this is the main kind of uh, conclusion we've made after five years trying to build stuff for this market in technology five years is dog years right i mean that's i mean uh, the amount of stuff yeah. you go through in five years of product development in a software package you know it, it is not uh that is not uh, that, that, that there's a lot of learning that goes on in five years right I'm, all the people that i speak to and all the different entrepreneurs with the products they, they develop it takes a lot to really uh, you know go through the the yeah. different nuances of it you know uh, as, as you start to look at where you're going and and, you know, your, your product's amazing, right? Now, being able to do takeoffs via computer, you know, mm-hmm. uh, can you envision a day when it's 100% done by AI? Are, 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 can, you, can you envision a day where, what I often, my vision is that uh, I, I see it with the ability from, from a design point of view where uh, a designer comes up with an idea and, hey, this is the building I want to build and AI designs it and is actually able to go to the marketplace and find products and availability and timing that'll fit the project and the timing and the budget uh, simultaneously while it does the takeoffs, the material, the scheduling, and then looking for the resources yeah. to, to do that. Can you see that? Uh, can you see that combination? Being honest, no, I don't see it in the near future. I see a little bit different picture. I mean, because we should understand that delivering of the final product in this industry, delivering of the building, it's a long process. And certain people at a, at a certain levels, they need to build their own narrative, right, about this particular process. And what we came up after, after trying to do what, what you're saying, so basically to give people a black box and, okay, look, you just put your input parameters, we generate a building, or you just upload your PDFs, we extract quantities, and yeah. you are able to go and do your quest estimation. But the problem is that it's not going to work because people, um, they, need to, they need to have, not like the answer right now, they need to have kind of recommendations. They need to have, they need to have a system which will actually guide them, guide them quickly. They still, they still need to build their own um, narration, narr- narr- narrative, right? So they they still need to confirm some decisions. They need they still need to explain these decisions to owner. For example, when architects uh, produce a design model, it's never about uh, like a, just a design model. It's always about look. I'm doing this here, pedestrian ways. This is why I decided to do this. This is so look here. We have some Paul Cathedral, so we cannot build higher. This is why we have this part of the building a little bit lower. So it's like a it's all about communication. And actually, this industry, I mean, the construction industry, it's, it's a very, like, a multi-role, multiplayer industry, right? And uh, the very important point that it has, you know, a lot of design stages, construction stages, stages, planning contract stages, different procurement roads. And this is why I don't see a black box which will solve all these problems. But I see the system which will give people kind of recommendations, which will analyze some historical data, 
you know, which will help them to make the right decisions, help them to prove the right uh, method of construction, negotiate, communicate, and mail, make all these things faster. You know, this is what I see. But actually, if it, if if I'll continue to kind of to speculate on this topic, I can say that it's it's never been only about um, technology and uh, the power of algorithms. It always it always was. Uh, in a two ways. So first way is a process, right? So we have a different uh, stakeholders. We have a contractors, subcontractors, architects, clients. We have all these guys which actually communicate and doing like a part of the job, right? And from another side, we have a software they use and solutions they use. And actually, if we want to achieve kind of efficiency in the construction, we definitely need to go in a both ways, right? So first, first, first of all, we need to improve process a little bit. Uh, and we need to improve technology. And I think it's always about... So in, it's never been about just improving software. And it, I, just, I just don't believe it will improve like uh, the industry overall. Because, because even... I will give you a simple example. Okay, so Pursuit Phase, PV Farm Design, uh, PV Farm Design, Design of Solar PV Farm Station, right? So the Pursuit Phase is a phase when general contractor take part in a tender is done by two people. So basically the all documents they needed to send to developer to win this project is done by, by just like two, three people. But there are 30 or 40 people who communicate on it. It's just like, you know, it's not about drawing stuff on a computer. It's about decisions. So. So sorry, it was a long answer, but yeah, I just <laughs> no, no, I, and I, I see where you're at, but I, I think a lot of why we have this process today, right? Why while this process yeah. happens is because as a as a construction number one is full of lies, right? I mean the uh, uh, and it has a hard time with vision, right? That part about communicating is hard. It, you know, a lot of, I mean, just look at the software you're developing. As you um, as you develop the software, you kind of, you're, and, and any entrepreneur goes through this. I mean, I, I certainly went through when I built CDO Group. You know, every time I would call a customer, I would invent the business. Like literally every time I would call, hey, my name's Anthony, I'm from CDO Group. I'd, I'd like to be a construction management mm-hmm. company for you or a general, co- you know, and, and when I would talk to them, they would say, well, you know, at, at the time, no one did outsource construction management. There was no such thing uh, back then. And uh, as we invented mm-hmm. it, the you know, I had to paint the picture for somebody. Well, I, I feel like that's the same thing with, with design, right? As a, a designer builds a building and he brings it back to the owner and says, hey, look, this is why I've got the cathedral here and why I've got the ceiling this high yes. and why the walls are here and this is why I got this this thick. It's, you know, to help them identify, hey, that space is going to look like this. And by the way, how are you going to get in and out of it? How many people are going to use it? What's it going to look like? Where do you need to put the vacuum cleaner? How do you, how, where are you going to plug in the microphones? How, yeah. how does, well, how's the lighting going to work? All that stuff takes a minute for them to see it because owners have an idea. Hey, go build me a building, but now I need a recreational area. All right. All right hey, I, I want a chapel in that building. Yeah. I want to be able to have my employees go to a chapel every day. What, what does that chapel look like? All right. Well, I need, I need that to be yeah. this way. What, what does a conference room need to look like and how many people will it hold and you know, uh, what kind of equipment will we need in there? Uh, all of that stuff takes time to develop. You know, what we're, we're lacking right now is that uh, the human component thinks in one thought, or if, you know, maybe maybe a great a great thinker does 10 thoughts at a time. Maybe you can, you can think about 10 of them. Where I envision AI going is the ability for it to look at a building and the business 
and be able to start thinking past that. Now, you know, today, you know, at the level that we're at, it's difficult to see that, right? It's, it's difficult to see artificial intelligence taking us into a place where it actually designs buildings that make us much more efficient as businesses, companies, environmentally. Yeah, It's hard to see that, right? Right now, uh, look, if I just wanted to do a takeoff, I, I just, here, I, right now, I just want my software, if I can get the software where you're at and, and, and just mm-hmm. put in a product and be able to figure out how many, how many, you know, uh, 20 foot uh, I-beams I need and, and how many, yeah. you know, we're, and, and now I can go figure out the pricing of them and I can go figure out the scheduling of them and all the other components. You know, that's, you know, we're solving a solution, but I think long-term yeah. as we look at this, we'll have that ability. And, and this is where I feel like each group, you know, like when I speak to you, you're working on this one factor of, of the development of it. Yeah. Right. And I've got other groups that we work with yes. that are working on another factor. They're working on floor structures or lighting uh, calculations or. Yeah, you're right. Isolated uh, pieces of the whole process. Yeah. Right. So it's like, uh, like uh, if, if you will think about someone created 3d model, why then someone need to go and draw eye beams on this 2d plan right it's like it looks like okay it's 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 stupid guys but actually this is how it works right now and uh, there are some movements and i can tell you that let's talk a little bit about how this can be fixed right and the market is already going a little bit there and it's all about vertical integration right so when you when you can gather under one umbrella all stakeholders you will not you will not need to calculate the number of beams after someone put them in the model right in that case you can build much better communication and in that case you can build much better process so i i i really believe in a companies who who is responsible like who is responsible for the whole construction cycle for the delivery not like a digital model and then separately supply chain and then separately something else just for the delivering building like you you just you basically call them and they just like put put the building on this parcel of land and tell me how much would it cost that's it i mean this is process fix side of things right another part this is what we do sometimes i mean it's not always the best way to do things but to to do a kind of uh uh fix of certain small space in this big pipeline right like like we do with a 2d takeoff for example so we recognize your beams we recognize spaces and we allow you to get the numbers faster but at the same time if you would fix your process you probably wouldn't need this solution and the point is like this is what i was saying from the beginning it's like i mean it's it's all about implementation in the market right so i mean if you if you will build the the amazing software and you will come and you will say, okay, market, hello, market, <laughs> I'm, I'm software owner, let's change the whole processes. I mean, it will not be accepted. It can be accepted only like uh, by, by small pieces. So, because sometimes it's, it's complex and sometimes people don't see all kinds of complexity, but it's also about, you know, it's, it's a different, I'm, I'm just trying to say that it's a different things. One is to build something and another one to implement this something in a process. You see what I mean? No, for sure. The, the uh, I go back, we've got a team of estimators over there, right? And I walk over there all the time, like, yeah. all right, how do we make this more efficient? Because, you know, look, uh, uh, one of the biggest components of our business is where do we, where are we losing money, right? Where, what are the what are, where are the places where, as a general contractor, uh, we lose money or, or what are the, our big cost centers? And, and one of them is estimating, right? One of the, and it, it wins us money. Without estimate, you can't win projects. But it also, every project that we lose, 
lose costs us, you know, five or eight thousand dollars per project to to go through the process yes. of of estimating, breaking it down, getting it out to bid. I mean, our team spends a lot of time and a lot of effort in that development of of, of putting together a great estimate for a brand. And then you know, you know we'll, we'll go to some of these brands today. We'll we'll have ten bidders on it, and you look at them going, hmm. Right, and they—that's that, a little manipulative, right? So now they—they've gone out and they've—they've—they're uh, now we're we're spending you know each one of each one of these co- companies are out there spending five to eight thousand bucks to put together a, a great estimate for a project, and I look at the and I look yeah. at it, I said, man, I, I look at our business and go, how do we make it more efficient for our estimators, right? So that uh, they can get to estimates faster, and we would look at sets of plans. You know, it makes no sense to me why a set of plans doesn't come with uh, takeoffs on it, right? You know, how do we make it easier for our subcontractors to bid them? You know, when I look at it, when I look at a subcontractor, there's, there's really two things I need to know, right? Number one is mm-hmm. wh- what are the materials, right? If, if I was able to say to a steel erection company, here, these are all the steel, this is all the steel you're going to need. These are all the components you're going to need. You're going to need uh, this many I-beams, this many bolts, this many, these are the components that you're going to need. And by the way, here's your schedule, right? Here's what I need for a schedule. I'm going to need uh, the erected on these days. So I'm going to need a crew here, here, and here. Now, the only thing they have to look at is their crew availability their cost of their employees, yeah. uh, their their you know any any insurance and and, and uh, uh, risk mitigation they need to do, it makes their bidding so much faster. And our and, our, and the best subcontractors we have are moving so fast yeah. uh, that if we can make it easier for them, right? And the the, the product is I, I go back to the architect. I go, hey, why aren't there takeoffs for every single product in there? Why don't I have square foot unit pricing, you know, linear footage of it? Yeah. And they're like, well, if we put that in there and we're wrong, you're all gonna. Uh, come shame us and you're going to blame us and you're going to, you know, you're going to be mad yeah, at us. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I'm, I'm, right. I'm like, I'm, I'm mad at you guys now because I have to do your work for you. Now I have to have our people spend five to $8,000 doing takeoffs on every one of the project, every component of this. So mm-hmm. now I have to go out there and, and this is one of those things where I look at uh, the business and go, man, it's such an inefficient model. Yeah. It's inefficient. Yeah, Completely I inefficient. Agree. Right. And, 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 and look at it. Having products like yours where you can go in and do this much faster, I mean, dramatically faster, uh, I think that's a, that's a solution that uh, really makes sense for mm-hmm. us and for for other brands that are out there. You know, being able to do takeoffs in two D or three D, being able to look at that uh, much faster. You know, I, I think helps us. You know, become a much more efficient company and more more profitable at the end of it. More profitable, and it's it's not again, and it's not only about profit, right? It's about delivering better services, delivering better buildings, delivering better products. So it's yeah. Again, I agree about inefficiency of the construction and the overall industry, right? But I think it's, uh, let's say, a lot of people, they, they say, like, okay, why do automotive industry or, you know, cars, cars industry is, like, much more efficient? Or, like, why the construction is so, is so bad, right? But, but I think the main problem in the construction that this is a very contextual product development, right? So... In in a, in a, in, a, in an automobile industry, you can actually build a car and you can sell this car across the whole Europe, right? So you you don't you basically you'll have a couple of configurations and you will sell this car with no problems. And this is why you know exact price of each part of this car. This is why you know exact price of you know of different colors of different stuff, right? But in a construction industry, you cannot sell the same building configuration even twice in the same city. 
I mean, it's crazy, right? Because it's it's super contextual, and this is this context because there are a lot of different contexts. It's a it's a site context, it's a market context, it's a planning context, it's a building design context, it's a construction context, it's a logistic context. I know that we we've been involved in a few projects in Vancouver, for example, right? And and it was just like similar, the same residential buildings, but simply because for one was located in the center. And the construction guys, they couldn't believe our panelized systems. That's it. It changed how the building was built. I mean, it's crazy, right? So, and then, and the point is like, it's very contextual. And I'm, I'm, I can, I can tell that everybody wants to be more efficient. I mean, there, there, are, there are no stupid people who just want to continue to do things in the way they, they did it, you know, like the, in the past, yes. But the point is like, they try and we are trying and everybody trying. But the point is like, it's very contextual and it's really hard to make super efficient. And yeah. And as you said, you're right about like, there are a lot of liars in the industry because it's like, it's isolated teams right. who need to survive. Yeah. Who need to earn some money and who need to do their business. And sometimes there's businesses in between designers, suppliers, contractors, they're just a bit overlapped. And it's just really difficult to build a proper agreement and stuff like that. Advocate of inefficiency of the industry. It's, it has its own purpose to be inefficient. <laughs> it's, it's funny because we, 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 we talk to, you know, we talk about uh, integrity and building uh, systems where, you know, people, you know, count on us and, and look, this is life safety and it's, this is all, you know, it's environmental concerns, mm -hmm. right? As, as a, as an industry, we impact this world dramatically. And as the population's about to double, in, in size, it's more important for construction than ever to really start to look at these efficiencies and the way that we do things and our integrity. And you know, as we look at it, we think, okay, there's so many, so many people out there that uh, play this game. We we call it hide the banana, right? Everybody who doesn't want to mm -hmm. know that, hey, you got to, you got, you got to, you got to, you got to make some money, right? Oh, we don't, we don't, we don't, yeah. we don't want you to know we're going to make some money. Well. Well, why'd you yeah. show for work? Why, well, why'd I show up here? I, I got to feed my family and my kids. Here, here why, why do entrepreneurs come up with new ideas? Like, here, why are you spending all the time and all the risk to come up with new ideas? I've got to make a buck or two to, to live. I, I want a car and I want a home and I want to, I'm not, you know, I, that's what excites me. I need a little something to, to excite me. And I want to change the world, right? I want to find a way to change the world. Now, some of that stuff, when we go back and look at the way we run the business, uh, you know, it's important mm -hmm. that everybody make make a buck, right? And but the problem is that the way we do this, play the hide the banana game. You know, an owner, right, who who has us go out and bid against ten people, they want something. They want to. They mm -hmm. want to. They want the right price. They they they're looking at us and go. Yeah. We don't believe when they go to ten people. They say to us, "We don't believe you guys. We think you're all liars." I'm gonna get ten of you, and out of ten of you, one of you is gonna be my contractor. And the only way I'm gonna find out is I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna check all ten of you, and one of you will pop out as a, right. And that's what happens, right? If you look at it, because if they really believed us, they would just have one contractor yeah. they'd go to bid, and they'd and we'd be their partner, and and they wouldn't do that, right? But they say we don't trust you. And we need you to go yes, there. So, so, right. so now they put us in a, they put us up against each other. Now we now out of out of nine of us aren't going to get the project. So nine of us spent five thousand or eight thousand dollars on the project, and we've lost, and and we've lost we, we've lost a lot of you know money doing that. Now somewhere in there, yeah. I bid it for ten dollars, and Mark, and Mark, you and you, and Max, you 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 bid it for 
$8. And Eric over here in the studio, he builds it, bids it for $5. He comes in, I could do it for yeah. $5. And you're like, and you and I are looking at each other like, how's he doing it for five bucks? How did, how did, there? right? Somewhere he had, he, so he's like, hey, I, listen, I just need the, I, I, I want this project. I want it on my resume. I want to build that building and I want it on my resume. Because if I get that building, I may not make any money on it, but I'm going to use that building to get me a bunch of other buildings, right? And so somewhere he and his crew uh, now have to split yeah. time and have to work harder and more hours and a lot of other stuff that happens in efficiency. Yeah. So now, now Eric and his team have got to figure out a way to come in and build it for five bucks. And in that, in, in that spot, it's really difficult for them to, uh, uh, to do it. And so somewhere they've got to lie, right? They got to find a way. Yes, to, exactly. To, yeah. This is what I call a political games actually. And, uh, you know, it's like, I, I, I also, the similar case, I, I was talking with one um, manufacturer and I just asked, okay, man, why, why don't you go to the architects and why don't you ask them to put your kit of parts in their designs and then you will make sure that your kit of parts and your products will, will be installed by general contractor when it comes to general contractor. And actually, they, the answer was like, no, it's not going to happen. I'm, I'm just like, I was asking like, why? Because we will we'll have a high price and the general contractor will come to push us. And I mean, it's just like they started to explain a lot of like a political nuances of this kind of a cost, uh, cost estimation, these negotiations and all this stuff. And it's like, I, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's all money. It's <laughs> so all money. It's, it's all money. At the yeah. end, they want to make a buck. Hey, we don't want you to make a buck. And, and I'm saying that at the end. We, uh, uh, Eric comes in and makes it for five bucks and you and I miss it at, I miss it at 10. You miss it at eight. He gets it at five. He doesn't make any money. We lost money because we bid, we bid the damn thing and, and, and it costs us money to yeah. do it. And somewhere in the game, what ends up, even the owner loses out because somewhere he's got to do it for, he's got to cut some, he's got to cut some sort of corner somewhere. He cut a corner and now the building and the design is compromised and the efficiency. So it's somewhere. And if not that the schedule gets compromised, you know, and, and now maybe it takes twice as long to build or maybe uh, because he, he, he said he had this crew and he didn't have the crew, and, but he's, they, he's doing it for so cheap to the owner gets. So somewhere in there in being above the board and looking at us with a lot more integrity and just realizing, Hey, look, there's something that's a fair price for this. And somewhere, yeah. Where at the end, we all realize we have to make a buck together and it's okay. That's okay. By the way, if, yeah. I, if my, the people that work for me don't make money, what, 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 you know, what, 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 how, how good can that be? You know, uh, uh, you know, all, all of yeah. a sudden, all of a sudden now, aren't I the shithead who, uh, who, uh, who, who screwed them over, right? And haven't, haven't I screwed those? You know, if, if I'm not making a buck for the people that, that work for me, then you know they can't make a living. They can't buy the new Lexus. They can't. They can't yes, go buy the stuff. Right. So, so it, 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 you know, in there, uh, the, the, that's why I say the game of construction. As we evolve out of this, as AI takes over and really starts to look at uh, the ability to to design a building, the that next evolution of of our game. But as we go through that today. You know, in products that like you're doing, you're the first steps of that, right? You're the first steps of. You know, I, I always say yeah. you, you're the bag phone, right? Do you remember the bag phone? You know, a bag phone. The first cell yeah. phones I had yeah. had had a, had a bag, right? It had this big giant battery you carried around with you. It was this big giant thing. It was like a suitcase and it had a phone attached to it with a cord. That was a yeah. So, yeah. So it was before they had these cute little phones that are now you know fit in your pocket. Back then I had, and I had this bag phone and 
And today, I feel like our technology is the first steps of what's going to come that's really going to revolutionize the business. Yeah. You know, your, your technology is, is certainly changing the world uh, and, and, and quickly. It does. It does. I mean, not so quickly as we would like to, you know, it to change the world, but it does. It really does. And you're right. And uh, yeah. And my point is just like that. It's not only about old technology. It's about how you cook this technology. Right. So, I mean, yeah, that's 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 correct. So it does. And like going slowly, baby steps, we will we will finally we and companies like we will finally make a difference for sure. Yeah. And, and it looks like market is ready. It's just, it's ready. Be, it's ready. Yeah. The components yeah. of the components of uh, the business are, are happening so much faster. All right. So, so uh, from, from uh, a business point of view, what do uh, Kira, what, 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 what does, what product, what solution does your company solve for uh, contractors and developers? So, yeah, look, uh, we have a bunch of products. So one, one of our products is to take off. And we actually sell this for cost estimators, uh, quantity surveyors in the United Kingdom and France, right? And also sometimes for home builders who actually need to measure some stuff on the plans to understand how much materials they need and stuff like that, right? And on another side, we have a crew modular software, which actually, it's like design configuration software. And uh, we, we sell it to for, for contractors. And for example, uh, we built recently uh, bespoke customization for a general contractor. They they build the parkings, right? And we 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 built a software solution which can automatically generate a parking model in front of client with your help, just like in a minute, like two minutes. You put your required uh, number of stalls, stall mix. You put all these conditions. You you choose like whether you built in Arizona or California or whatever, and it just it just get the data and it just generates a model. And this increases um, the engagement of the client. So actually general contractors, business developers use this software to engage with clients faster and to give them the, the faster answer on the question, how, wh what could be built and how much would it cost? So this is like for contractors, we sell this kind of different configurators and we also sell these different configurators for um, material supplier or manufacturers because they need to showcase what can be built out of their product. So you see, it's like one That's solution, awesome. design configurator, which can be sold for different parties. And, uh, but the point here that it's, it's, it's used mostly on a very early stage when you need to negotiate. And then architects and engineers, they can continue to work on, on the model, which was created like quickly and to improve that a lot. So this is why, like, I would say we, we have two directions. So quantification and cost estimation software, which is our takeoff software, right? 2D takeoff software and beam takeoff software. And uh, another is a design configuration software, which is Creo Modular and a few bespoke uh, solutions. And we do bespoke solutions, actually, that's a very tricky point, but we do bespoke customization for different people simply because we need to learn the market and we need to learn how they work. It's very important. So actually only working um, deeply with the client, deeply on the, in the market with, uh, 
with a contractor and other stakeholders, you can understand what problems they face and you can you can solve these problems much, much better. Being able to see the finished product, you know, work with the business development folks to be able to look at and go, this is what the what your, your parking structure is going to look like. Here's what it's yes. going to cost yes. in a meeting right there instantaneously. Here, these are round budget numbers that give you, you know, pretty close to where we're going to end up. You know, th- that's the here. That's the that's the component that's killing the the industry, right? Is, is the ability to go from the idea, right, to look at it and go, all right, now now we go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back that back and yeah. forth design, cost, analysis, all of that stuff. You know, then we've got to go back. You know, there's so many different components in there that have to apply to the city. Yeah. You know, uh, so first we as a designer contractor, put that budget together. Now we got to go to our bank and go, hey, if I was able to do this, could I could I get a loan for that? Or whatever the financing they're gonna do is, is gonna put that together. And then I got to go to the, then I gotta go to the city and go, hey, can we build this over here? Are you guys gonna let us build this? And then they got to go back and go, well, what's the impact gonna be? And now that, you know, so there's, there's so many components that go into that decision logic. The faster I can put those together, uh, the faster we're able to, uh, to really learn. And you know what's funny point of, about this kind of customizations? Usually when we start to do that, Architects and engineers, they're always against, like from the beginning, simply because they don't want us to automate this process. But then when they're involved, when you say to architect, okay, man, look, that's fine. You just job right now is to think up the best building concept, which we will automate, and you will still be focused full time on your unique and bizarre projects. But the projects which 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 simply we need to be built, like for for living purposes parking garages, right? So th- th- there is no unique stuff. It's just the usual projects. Why won't, why, why don't you want to just simply to put the concept on the table and we will automate this and you'll just get benefits out of it. And actually they always start very kind of uh, aggressively against, and then we show them the first version. They're still not happy, but already have less dubs and they give us feedback, feedback. And when we saw, when we show them like the third version, the first version, some of some of them say, "Okay, fine. This is how we always do. That's cool." So uh, it's actually it's the reason adoption is just takes some time. Yeah. So you can clearly see a future where architects are gone. You can clearly see that there will be a future where there'll be no more architects. Now, now that's listen. I got you. I get here, and this is I get I get I get that punch back. But where AI will design be able to take no. uh, the I, I know you're going to argue with me about that, but listen, I, you can see very quickly that if if right now if if we by the way it'll also be gone with no more general contractors. There'll be no more when AI uh-huh. can can take a, a space, understand the need really take the components and structural look across the industry and find what components they can take and what are available to fit the scale the cost and the project and then design it and then part and piece it out and then be able to hire uh, individuals to come out and do that work you know you, you can see a future where it'll be completely automated taking codes structural weather conditions uh, environmental history uh, ai will be able to do it now is that today no I, it's going to take, I, I, where, where does that happen? Uh, I, I, you know, I always ask people to guess. Uh, so, somewhere, but somewhere in the future, you're going to be able to see a place where architects won't yeah, be here anymore. No, no, no. The, the point here <laughs> that roles are changing. It will not be the same architect as we have today. There you go. So it will be different architect, for sure. So this is my point. It's like, it's already changing. Some architects started to use generative design. They do a lot of computations by themselves and they kind of half architects, half programmers. 
some of them, they just became programmers. They actually became programmers and they built scripts for others. And also there are architects who create building concepts who actually search for the patterns in buildings they design and they kind of assemble these patterns in a very holistic and smart systems. And then such people like we do automation of these systems. And then these architects, they still can work on a very bizarre and unique projects. But when we simply need, when people simply need to live somewhere or we need to make a price for, you know, for, for residential buildings much cheaper, it's about automation. It's, it's a place where we can really take into account all considerations and we can make like a much faster process and much efficient process. But for, for this to happen, some roles will be changed for sure. You know, it's changing and, you know, I can feel that. <laughs> you know, you know we're, we're, we're seeing that. And uh, I think I, I love when I say that out loud and people get all like, you know, we're, we're, we're going to, but no, for sure that we'll always architects. I think you're right. Architects will, will evolve and uh, the stuff that's mundane, the, the, uh, the, the stuff that's repetitive, ongoing, uh, really inefficient, that will change, but their creativity, uh, their, their ability to really listen to the client and then uh, work with uh, the artificial intelligence to be able to design uh, you know, and communicate to, uh, better will uh, will take place. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Max, I'm, yeah. I'm so excited about uh, having you on. I, you know, this is a deep conversation. Uh, when you and I get together, we get to talk about some fun stuff, and I, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Um, as as uh, as you guys come out with more products uh, and change the industry. Uh, please make sure you come back to us and uh, and and really uh, broadcast that. We want to make sure that uh, everybody in the world gets to hear about your products and, and all the changes that yeah. you're doing. We're excited about that. We'll do, Anthony. Anthony, thank you very much for provocations, for nice questions, for good thoughts. I appreciate it a lot, and uh, I had a lot of fun, and it's a cool conversation. Thanks so much. Thanks, thanks for being on. All right, uh, where can people find you? If they're going to look for you, they're going to find you. Where do they find you, Maxim? Everywhere, LinkedIn. Instagram, Facebook, I'm I'm everywhere. Twitter, <laughs> so you can just Google Maxim Markovich, uh, and you'll find me on LinkedIn and Facebook, and yeah. And we'll put the link yeah. down below uh, for you to get there. If you uh, if you if you need anything, uh, you'll be able to find uh, uh, Maxim's company and uh, his contact information right down in the link below. So, uh, uh, thanks for being on the show, and we look forward to having you and your team on uh, some more in the future. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Monategi. Always looking for people to bring insight into the industry. Finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share it with your friends.